Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland. I can't think of a better way to spend an evening coming out of this COVID quarantine than watching sports with friends. It's the thing I've missed most about Shelter in Place, and it definitely feels a little ridiculous to scream at the TV by myself. Luckily, the Athletic Club Oakland has come off with an MVP move. They shut down the entire street next to their normal space and created an enormous outdoor section called the Town Gardens. It's got TVs everywhere, comfortable seating, and their full food and bar service. In short, it's the perfect place to watch the game with friends while staying safe. It's now our go-to spot, and hopefully we'll see you there. In fact, Bram, Marcus, and I plan on being there quite a bit in the coming weeks. So if you show up and we see you in Huddle Gear, you've got a beer on us. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. I grew up on 95th, you know. Uh, there was 15 people in that house, in a three-bedroom house. You know, man, I just grew up out the, in the mud. And so it's just it's a different life, but not even for myself, man. I'm just super excited to be able to help my little brother. Uh, you know, he just got his license a week ago. I don't know. It, it might be a small gesture to me, but I didn't. I wasn't able to get a car at the age of 18. I didn't even get my first car until I was 26 years old, you know. And so, little things like that, man. I'll be able to help my little brother get a car. You know, that's going to change his life. He's going to be able to get a job. He's going to be able to be mobile. He's going to be able to be a young man, be a young adult, not having to depend on mom. You know, uh, I'm just super excited, obviously for myself to be on the team and continue to play basketball. But it's just a life changing. A contract is just a life-changing signature, you know. We're going to bring y'all to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boy, producer, and a guy who used to look a lot like Steve Urkel, Marcus Taylor. <laughs> What's up, Dev Nation? <laughs> our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Boys, I am fired up to announce after far too long a Golden State beat writer for the Bay Area News Group, the host of the Locked On Warriors podcast, and a man who knows that Lola Bunny's makeover only makes her more of a walking bucket, Mr. Wes Goldberg. What's going on, Wes? How's it going, guys? Man, it's been a long time. It's been way too long, dude. So... We are still working out the whole intro music thing, and we're introducing people's like specific choices on the song choice. Are we impressing you? Are we doing too much? I mean, what do you think? Give me an instant impression here. Instant impression was I love it because I have, believe it or not, never been a high-level athlete, 
And so never had the opportunity to have my own walkout music. And so look for my own podcast, it would be a little strange to put like a Travis Scott or like a Rihanna bed or like a Lil Wayne bed under or a Kanye bed underneath my own introducing of myself. But when you said, Hey, we're going to give you an intro song. I, my mind started racing. I was like, I like so many songs, which one says me the most. And I hope I picked the right one. Is it weird that every time I get out of my car, I just play myself a little <laughs> intro song as loud as I possibly can? It seems to annoy people as opposed to impress them, but it's you know it's something that I do. It is what it is. It's what headphones are for. <laughs> Let's, boys, jump into the glass half full. Wes, you've done this with us a couple of times. What I want us all to do is look back in to recent Warriors history, something that should be a lot more fun this week, and pull something you like don't like or both i'll go first just because i already have the mic and i'll steal the opportunity something i like it's easy the warriors are seemingly finding the consistency and the identity that we've been hoping for all year and they're doing it at the right time right it's not just that they just beat the two best teams in the league on back-to-back with eight players although that means a lot it's kind of what happened within those games right Uh, the phoenix game Steph goes one for 11. We rewind the clock from downtown. We rewind the clock about a month. He goes one for 11. The Warriors are f***ed. That's one of those 40-point blowouts. But instead of finding themselves on the wrong side of an ass-kicking, other people stepped up. We got 38 from Wiggins. Jordan Poole looked good. JTA played some ball. So it was really, really encouraging. And... They almost gave up the momentum twice, both Utah and Phoenix. They had some second-half shortcomings, things we've seen all year, but they didn't fall to them. They stuck up, and they actually finished out the game. So something I like, boys, the Warriors are looking like a team that could do some damage, and they're looking like that team at the right time. This is the perfect segment for the last two games, the glass half-full, glass half-empty, because I imagine we're going to do half-empty in a moment. I don't remember entirely how this uh, segment works, but context clues. Um, uh, but before I get to the empty part, yeah, they they were able to get two wins in two nights against the two best teams in the West, against the teams that they will probably or will certainly play if they make it out of the playing tournament. After those games, they said that, oh, yeah, this doesn't really mean much, you know, as far as projecting to a possible playoff situation. But I just I call bullshit on their own stuff like that's a level of confidence and not not to conjure the we believe teams again but they went into those that series against dallas believing that they could win because of don nelson's experience with the mavericks right and because they knew the inner workings of those teams they knew they had a familiarity now they don't have as much familiarity with phoenix and utah but they at least have the confidence in having won these games late in the season saying hey we just took care of business against these guys on back-to-back nights like we could do it Again, even maybe it will be for I'm not predicting that they're going to do that, but that's at least I think the confidence that they'll carry themselves with going into that kind of series. MT, what do you got? Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're they weren't just the two best teams with the best records in the West, it best records in the league, like you factor in the East Eastern Conference, too. So, um, I love the confidence for it. I, I like that we got those wins, um, and that we were shorthanded. I think it gives us great confidence going into um you know the playoffs but what i like most is that we would potentially have a there's a chance we would have a playoff playing game with the la lakers it doesn't look like they'll fall that low but um just the fact that that's a 
possibility would be amazing because I would love to kick LeBron and AD out of, of the first round in the playoff game. You We've dislike got... AD? Um, I understand disliking LeBron, but you dislike AD? <laughs> I don't dislike him. I just get frustrated that he's hurt. Like, I think we talked about it one podcast. He gets, like, legitimately hurt where he's, like, on the ground and everybody's worried about him at least three times a game. Yeah, and he doesn't he doesn't bring out immediate anger. You use the phrase Chris Paul, I'm immediately angry for no reason. I have all these like F you moments with Paul in my past. You bring up Anthony Davis, no, you're right, Wes. I don't have like a nasty history with him. But when I see him in that Laker yellow, when when he hits big shots, the hatred comes easy right so we're going to talk in a minute about who we want to see in the play on game um but i can understand where marcus is coming from i have a big don't like but before we get there maxine what do you got in pocket well i just gotta also say that i i do think it's pretty interesting that because i don't have that level of vitriol for anthony davis um the way i do for lebron but it is interesting right because he forced his way out of new orleans there's every reason to actually not like his antics, and yet he's sort of kind of coasted um, in, in, a, in a place of not really inspiring much hate. But I will. I just want to call out Juan Toscano-Anderson. Dude just got signed to an actual multi-year contract. I'm pretty excited for him. I actually think that even though that buzzer beater three at the end of the Phoenix game uh, wasn't actually a buzzer beater, when he launched it, he had every reason to believe that he did beat the shot clock. And I think the fact that it went in, that's still the most important shot of his career. And I think it shows the type of confidence that we really need going into the postseason. I've heard murmurings of shades of the Andre Iguodala type of character that we need. Obviously, that comparison is a little bit absurd at this point in his career. But nonetheless, it's really exciting to see him step up like that, to have him be an Oakland native, to have him be such a great presence off the court as well. I really like the guy, and I'm super stoked that he's going to be in a Warriors uniform for at least another year. I'm an Oakland guy, so obviously I love his story. Obviously, I love that he just signed, and I agree with you for most of the things he just said. But I also like the idea, like, let's fast forward, I don't know, 10, 15 years. JTA is talking to somebody about his career, and that guy's like, hey, what's the biggest shot you ever hit? Like, looking back, <laughs> what do you think it is? And he tells him, you know, it's all this huge shot against Phoenix. Huge shot. We really needed it. And the guy, for whatever reason, goes online and says, oh, weird. Doesn't, it, I don't I don't see this. Oh, no, it didn't count. It, it did not count at all. <laughs> but it is still the biggest shot I've ever hit. All right, let me tell you boys what I don't like. And Wait, can a, I do two, two points of information before yes, we Yes, of course. Uh, for, first point of information. I was Anthony Davis one year for Halloween. Second point of <laughs> information what uh, are you talking about no you cannot move on that quickly are you talking about you like did you have a giant let's see if i have an anthony davis uh costume yeah. it's led first by the jersey but more than that it's the fake eyebrow you have it's, one big I, it, giant eyebrow it was it was definitely the unibrow and i made myself a jersey and i didn't do anything else makeup wise that could end up haunting me like, <laughs> i wasn't even gonna ask i wasn't even gonna ask Wes. i want some credit for that but uh, I was I was a student at UCF. It would have been what year? It was his one and only year at Kentucky. So I think that was my junior year at UCF, I think. So go Knights. Um, Let me give you a piece of counter information before we get this next beat. The fact that you did that means that Marcus now hates you. It just is what it is, dude. Yeah. He hates Anthony. I mean, you know, I'm sure you can roll with the hatred, but you should not. I, sp I spent most of Halloween night faking an, a knee injury uh, on the ground of a bar in Orlando. So The most authentic part of your costume. That's exactly right. That's, exactly, that's what you should have said. I actually went as just an injury for Halloween, and you pulled it off really well. 
Uh, second point of information, Juan Toscano Anderson. You said, Maxime, you said that it's like absurd to compare him to Andre Iguodala. I don't think it is. I really don't. Uh, there was a, a certain amount of, look, Andre Iguodala, for all of what he did, I mean, so much on his resume from his time in Golden State. But when you look at what he did on the court, I don't, I'm not taking anything away from him, but there was definitely like some diminishing returns on his talent, right? Like he wasn't going to be full-blown Philadelphia, Denver Nuggets, Andre Iguodala in Golden State. And you could argue that it was a better version of him in, with the Warriors. But um, with what Juan Descano Anderson is doing, like let the let the Andre Iguodala comparisons fly. I'm fine with it because he's going to play the same exact role in the rotation. He's going to be their sixth or seventh man of the future. I still think they need more depth and stuff. I'm not saying Juan Descano Anderson signing a multi-year contract is the solution to everything, but just let the – that's exactly the role he's going to play. So just let the comps fly. I'm fine with it. You know what he reminds me of, and I'm stealing this take from 95.7. I think it's Butcher Boy on Bonte's show, The Morning Roast. But he said that JTA reminds him of Matt Barnes. And I can see that. I think Barnes is a little bit more talented, but the same FU attitude, the same defense first, the same confidence doesn't necessarily match up with the talent. So I like the comparison. Um, and I still have this thing I don't like, but I'm distracted, so i got to ask you, boys. So if it's not Anthony Davis, and it's not, right, if we're, if we're looking at players who we genuinely hate, right now, in your opinion, that's all it can be, who's the most hateable dude in the NBA? A player that, that just drives you bananas. Rajon Rondo. <laughs> I feel like I knew that. Why? For you, I feel like I knew that. What is it about Ray? Because love- we've hung out <laughs> enough that it's probably just come up. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you right now that when I asked this question, I thought it's possible Wes is not going to answer. I'm going to go. And then I could. I didn't even get to the question mark of the question. And you're filing off Rajon. Why? What is it about Rondo you don't like? Mostly his face. Uh, <laughs> no, he's just I, – I never got over the, the, the whole uh, – uh, uh, homosexual slurs to the referee thing. Mm-hmm. He never properly apologized for that in my mind. Uh, he also played for the Celtics. and that, So that's reason number one, but not the biggest reason. The biggest reason is because he played for the Celtics during the, those years where the Miami Heat big three were, were the big three and happening. And, and every single night where they were in that series, you could just – the media just loved Rondo because he was sort of like coming up at that time and he was like the anti-Dwayne Wade, anti-LeBron, <laughs> like quiet kind of guy. No, it just turns out he was a jerk. And and, and I, I don't know. I just – he – I was so happy when Dwayne Wade basically like broke his arm in that series. I was just like, fine, get him off the court. I'm so sick of looking at this guy. I'm just – I'm out on Rondo. I was wondering when we were going to have the words Dwayne and Wade thrown into the mic. So pretty early. I had the over or the under on 10 minutes. So I, yeah. I think I want a little money there. Lance um, Stevenson, too. I got a list. I got a list. <laughs> Not to steal the segment. Lance Stevenson can go to hell uh, for blowing in LeBron's ear. That was ridiculous. Also, Kyrie Irving is getting on my nerves, too. That's it. <laughs> my top three in no in particular order, Pat Bev, Chris Paul, James Harden. And I think if I had to pull out the top guy, it's Chris Paul. And it's not for anything specific. It's more of a generalized, there's never a moment when Chris Paul is in a game where I'm not hating him. Like his body posture bothers me. The way he runs down the court. It's not just when he's beating the worst. His facial expressions bring out frustration. And that's not true for everybody. I go through stretches of games when I'm not hating Harden. When he gets the ball, I hate him. But it's not a consistent hatred Mm. like it is with with Paul, uh, Marcus, Maxime, who's your guy? <coughs> Harden, Zach Collins. easily. You said Zach Collins? Yeah. I'm still <laughs> Zach Collins is a good one. I'm still f- like pissed at that, that guy. 
because he's a proud boy. Is that why? I yeah. mean, that's, yeah. that's, not, yeah. that's not slander. I don't know if that's a fact, by the way, but he looks like it. Holy sh! If that, I like that you said that that's not slander. A hundred percent slander. And if it's not a fact, let's go ahead and say. Wait, wait. No, I'm pretty sure in the law, if you say slander things and then say, follow that up by saying that's not slander, you're you're good. Yeah, no, no. I think the word you're looking for is allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> hey, proud boy. Yeah. If you just say something that is slanderous and then immediately announce, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's not slander. No, that's not. No, any no. Kind the of- original, the original <laughs> alleged proud boy of my generation is Tyler Hansbro. Uh, and that was one of my most hated players when he was a basketball player. I don't know what he's doing now. Probably selling insurance in Indiana. I'm surprised you didn't call him a Nazi. I mean, alleged. You know, it is what it is. Too soon. <laughs> Marcus, who did you say? I said James Harden. There you go. But, Why? Yeah. Uh, give us your rationale. So Maxine beat you to the punch. Zach Collins, is it because of the Clay Thompson thing, or you just yeah, hundred percent? Like his- no, no. no. Yeah. Well, that I mean the the Aryan style haircut really does not rub me the right <laughs> way. Uh, and I mean, you know, look, I don't like to with all of the problems that we've had with Bazemore and Beal you know I think it's it's worth noting that he's had injury issues and nobody deserves to be going through injury issues but if anybody deserves to be going through injury issues it's that motherfucker. <laughs> and why do you hate Harden empty jeez <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna touch that I'm not sure if he's just said he's happy he's hurt or not he hedged it with nobody should be hurt and then I think he said except for that motherfucker but I'm not positive Bram it's not slanderous Okay, then we're oh, legally protected. Okay, thank God. We're, <laughs> exactly. we're totally fine. I was actually just about to contact an attorney, but now we're totally fine. So, no need. Why do you hate James Harden? I mean, nothing groundbreaking here. I think everybody knows just the way he plays and hooks people's arms and gets people to get fouls called on them is just annoying. And it's so do you do you guys dislike watching Trey Young and Luka Doncic now for these for these same reasons? Because they're do. basically doing okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And unrelated, I'm actually going to be Rajon Rondo for Halloween this year. Wes, if you want to hang out. <laughs> yeah, but again, Wes, he's, he's, yeah, he's not going to do blackface. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I, I mean, the fact that there was a possibility that you were going to admit to going blackface on a Halloween, thank God. And again, that did not happen. And my suggestion of this is not slender. So don't worry about <laughs> That's that right. at all. At all. all right. The thing I don't like from recent Warriors history, it's that bunny at the sporting event so the people who didn't necessarily notice it right so a few weeks back we, we rewind the clock about 14 days and a couple brings a bunny to a giants game and it becomes a social media sensation for whatever not for whatever reason because it's the fucking bay area and they like to have strange little things like that so when that was happening i noticed it fine you know it is what it is i'm not that much of a baseball guy I was annoyed but not that annoyed then we fast forward to the phoenix game same couple brings the same goddamn bunny to the Warriors game. This time they dress it up in a bow tie. The Warriors welcome it in. They put it on, on television like every 30 seconds, and I would imagine it was also on the big board. I'm super anti, dude. Hell of annoying. I, okay, I don't like when people use their pets for attention anyways. You know, like those guys who, who put their pet bird on their shoulder or their pet snake on their shoulder, walk around, and then pretend to be surprised when people notice it. I don't like that as is, but you know what's worse? than that when you try to get attention by bringing that pet to a sporting event that bunny didn't want to watch the game the people at the game didn't go there to see a bunny the owners did that to get themselves attention and it just annoys the hell out of me here's a quote from the paper from the owner why they brought him quote just to give back and make everybody happy makes us happy where'd you get that quote 
Uh, I think I may have got it from the Bay Area News Group, my friend. We, I didn't write anything like that. Uh, we, is this your piece? Holy <laughs> shit, is this your goddamn article, Wes? Because I was so angry just at the actual well, No, because I, I, there was reporters that were not of my publication asking about it pregame, asking Steve Kerr about it. They said, hey, Steve, what do you think about <sighs> the bunny? And Steve <sighs> Kerr literally, his response was, I don't know what you're talking about. Good. Because of course he doesn't know what they're talking about. But then he was like, but then he tried to like curb it. He was like, but I, I like animals. So I'm, I'm for it. I, I like, cause Steve Kerr is self-aware enough to like know and media savvy enough to be like the last thing you want to do, especially in the Bay area is slander an animal. And so he is not going in that direction. Even if you were to say like, that's not yeah. slanderous. He doesn't know the rule. Just, well, yeah. yeah and then, the you know, you, us reporters take everything out of context and everything. It's just terrible. So, um, I, I I am so with you, Bram, and, and the uh, the fact that it was an emotional support bunny. What's the look? I understand that a bunny could be there for emotional support, but what's the difference between a bunny and a teddy bear? Like, just no, they, bring a teddy bear. Just they like they can't yeah. help you. There's no like it's not like a dog that can look into your eyes lovingly. Okay. Like a bunny just Wes, wants to eat a carrot. If you need emotional fucking support so badly that you need to carry an animal with you everywhere. You know where you should not go? Oh, to basketball. a Warriors game during a fucking global pandemic. Stay unless, home if that's what's going on, man. Unless and, it was unless it was Lola Bunny. That's that's a different well, kind obviously. of emotional. Okay, support. obvious. I mean, that's it. And to a basketball game, it would be appropriate. But just to get this quote out, and if this was yours, <laughs> I will never forgive you. Why did they bring him, quote, just to give back and make everybody happy? We want to share him with the world. Bush. Bush, bush. You wanted to be on television, and you achieved that. Let's not play games. So the, the Warriors don't life. allow this to happen, and don't roll out the red carpet for a bunny if they're still going to the finals. No, hell no, they do not. It just, it just annoyed me. It absolutely annoyed me. Uh, Maxime, you've kind of been like our healthy guy, although Marcus has too. And whenever we do the personal questions, generally speaking, the guest points to one of you. And it's like, well, I bet you they won't have a hyperbolic, crazy response. So I'm sure you guys saw the bunny when you did. Did it make you insatiably angry like it apparently made me and Wes? Or did you not really notice? Like, didn't care, just moved on? No, I hate it. I feel like that bunny needs an emotional support bunny. Like, that is the last place to take an, an, a literal <laughs> prey. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, bunny probably lost its hearing, was probably, like, terrified the entire time. That's not a good move. I think That's we should true. be calling PETA. I didn't even think about the bunny. You're <laughs> right. You gotta think about the bunny. You gotta think about the bunny. You're absolutely right. Let's talk Warriors, boys. Um, unless there were other things you guys didn't like. I know, uh, Wes, that you were using our context clues to put together a couple of glass half empty takes. No, no. Who, would get, who, who should get more minutes in a basketball game, that bunny or Alan Smiley Gage? <laughs> I mean, uh, let's not be ridiculous. <laughs> of course it's the bunny. I mean, the, the bunny actually has some athleticism from what I could tell, so we probably have to go in that direction. I got, I got one half full. Warriors related thing. Um, I did not like how bad the Timberwolves are playing, um, or good the Timberwolves are playing, excuse me, to the point to where it's jeopardizing the value of their our pick for them next season. They're sixth. They're sixth right now. Um, I think Orlando has a game tonight, and if they win, they will join Minnesota with the 22nd win and drop them back down to five. But no, I, I, it's every night, every single night, I do two things. I check the standings, see where they are, and then desperately check the other teams who are below them and hope to God that they win. So yeah, if anybody wants to join me tonight, it's the Orlando scoreboard that we'll be uh, casually catching. Also, Minnesota plays Denver. Needless to say, we need Minnesota to lose uh, that one. I've got like some Zach Galifianakis staring at the, the math kind of take on this, but... <laughs> 
um, <laughs> with, 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 with the Minnesota pick, I know that it's, it's like the odds of it falling at four or five and conveying to the Warriors are less, but the odds of it conveying to the Warriors in general are better if they move up, right? So if they're at six, I think it goes from like a, a 40% chance that they keep their pick to a 32% chance that Minnesota keeps their pick. So that's better for the Warriors as far as getting a pick. And I would even go so far as to say picking in the middle of the lottery as opposed to in the top at, at four or five might almost be better for Golden State um, because I don't think they're trading this pick, by the way. I'm, I, I just don't know who is available that they're going to trade it for. I could be wrong. That player who is not available now could be available later and they end up trading that pick for that player. But as the landscape is currently set, I don't see them trading that pick. Uh, and if it ends up at seven, eight, or nine, I actually think there's some NBA ready guys in that range. And you're not going to be, there's not going to be so much pressure like they face with James Wiseman, where you got to get the guy on the floor. Like if you take a Franz Wagner out of Michigan or something, like that guy could probably help you a little bit right away, but you're not, you don't need to play him 20 minutes a night or even 15 minutes a night. Like there's no, there's no like, uh, uh, like threshold that you have to hit with him. And you could just kind of let him organically grow at his own pace. And I actually think that, that might be better for the Warriors because if they're picking at four or five and they get like a Jonathan Kaminga or a Jalen Green or something, you have to play that guy. And yeah, maybe that guy's upside is way higher than anybody else you can get after them. But they are like, if you play one anybody in your core rotation plus James Wiseman, who's basically going to be a rookie next year, still, uh, there's no chance of going to a championship. Like you don't get to a championship playing two rookies in your core rotation. It just doesn't happen. But if you could get a guy later on who could be kind of like a bit play, situational player for you uh, and who could just sort of grow organically and develop organically, I think that could be beneficial for the Warriors. So that's my, that's my uh, trying to spin things positive with the Minnesota thing. We need it to. Uh, there's an expectation shift that's happening. I'll just keep it personal. I've spent the entire year thinking of two possibilities. Either the Warriors get like a four or five pick this year, or we wait till next year, you know, because the pick wouldn't convey because Minnesota got one through three. And we were justified in thinking that. Minnesota was in the bed the entire year. But just like Marcus pointed out, that's now shifted. And for the first time, we are confronted with the possibility of a not shiny top five pick. So there's kind of a uh, like a disappointment analysis that hits me right now. And what we need is exactly what you just did, kind of a reminder of, all right, well, there's still upsides if we get into that portion of the lottery, but we got a lot of time to analyze that pick. Instead, let me flip direction here, boys. Let's go to the Warriors Oracle. Another segment, Wes, you've done. It's a fancy mailbag. The only thing that distinguishes it is it also features the occasional personal question. I've looked through this. I can confirm there's definitely some invasive shit in here, but it starts with basketball, and it's a question we've already kind of talked about. Here it is. Quote, the Warriors will face either the Lakers, Dallas, or Portland in the play-in. If you could snap your fingers and pick an opponent, who would you pick? MT, you've already kind of told us. Why don't you take the mic first? If you could take any of these three, who do you hope they play? I still want to play the Lakers. I don't think we would win if LeBron and AD are healthy, um, just because I think they're still a championship-level team when they are all on the floor. But I just think for the theater of it, um, I would love to watch it and would love to, again, kick LeBron out of the, out of the play on, playing round. We will crescendo to you, Wes. Um, so I agree with you, Matt. So like it's, it's a, a dual analysis for L.A., 
Storyline, 100%. Exactly what I want. The, the other teams don't have anywhere close to the excitement that a matchup between L.A. and the Bay or Steph and LeBron would bring. So from like a movie standpoint, I'm on board. This is the television show I'd like to watch. From a who does my team have the best chance at beating standpoint, shit, I do not want L.A. in any way, shape, or form. The one thing the Warriors cannot do is rebound. The one thing that L.A. unquestionably has if they are healthy is size. The idea of being matched up against that team and being offensive rebounded to death throughout a game sounds terrible. That would just be so frustrating. So I don't think I'd go L.A. I think I'm going Portland. I, 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 we've had a series of matchups against them. We know how Steph generally plays out against Lillard. We'd still have some of the Hollywood storylines because of Lillard, Oakland, Steph, Lillard, all that stuff. So that's probably the direction I would go. Uh, Maxime, and then let's hear from Wes. Yeah, I agree. It's Portland. And I think, you know, uh, first of all, we would have to imagine that the ratings for that Warriors-Lakers playing game, I mean, would that be better than like, you know, if we knock them out and then it's like a Phoenix-Nets finals or something, you know, like we probably have better ratings for a playing game. Yes. Uh, but the flip side of that is, you know, one thing that's not really being talked about is there's already a tendency in the league when the Warriors are playing well for us to be the villains of the league and how much worse would that be if we kicked out the Lakers um I don't know I'm not really interested ultimately in seeing that play out I think it's a short-term gain for us as Warriors fans and a long-term detriment um and I do think the, I think we've talked about it before on this pod that the ability to have Steph kind of uh um win against Dame I think is very valuable in sort of this narrative as as they're jockeying for position one two three in the guard spot um, for uh, in the in the All Star voting or I'm sorry the All NBA voting. Uh, it would be really nice to see sort of Steph get that signature win over Dame. Wes, what's the real answer? Who should we hope? Uh, well, you kind of hit it on the head, Bram. There's kind of two schools of thought here. Who would you rather ha- like for me? I'd rather have the Warriors play the Lakers because ratings and page views and podcast listens and all those things are way better if the Warriors are playing the Lakers than the Mavericks or even the Trailblazers. But uh, if, as far as the Warriors' ability to advance, I don't know. Uh, if, if LeBron and Anthony Davis are not healthy, I like Golden State's chances a lot because the Lakers are very not good when those guys aren't playing. But And LeBron didn't play Tuesday. He was supposed to play Tuesday, didn't play Tuesday. He was supposed to play Wednesday, didn't play Wednesday. Uh, I don't know how much of a time he's going to get to ramp up. And I think if you're a Lakers fan, you almost hope that you end up losing that first game and winning the second one against Memphis or San Antonio. If if you end up being in this play in uh, just so you can get like a little bit more time for LeBron to sort of ramp up for the playoffs, like in a weird thing for the Lakers. But uh, as far as the Warriors are concerned, you're absolutely right. Like that's the last team that they want to face if they're healthy, but I don't even know if you can count on them being healthy and Dennis Schroeder. I don't know what's up with him. It doesn't sound like he's coming back anytime soon. So, um, but a matchup against Portland I really like for Golden State because we know what Steph's going to do. Um, but Draymond Green playing the way he has over the last month or so, this is the Draymond Green that destroys Portland every year in the playoffs, right? This is that Draymond Green. And I don't think that Portland has any chance against the Warriors when the Warriors are playing like this. And and, and so if Portland ends up falling back in that seven spot and the Warriors play them in that 7-8 game, just I, I think you just, you're ready to pencil in the Warriors to move on. You didn't tell me before I answered my question that a matchup with the Lakers would ultimately create an uptick in podcast listens. I mean, I wish you had said that before I mm-hmm. answered. I'm, I'm switching my answer, dude. I definitely hope <laughs> it's a matchup with the Lakers. There's no question there. Here's another 
Warriors question we've already kind of teased in the upfront. Let me throw it out there and then hear your boys' opinions. Quote, the Warriors' recent success has been unbelievable, and my neighbors can attest to how excited it's made me. But I'm afraid it shows that Golden State has to trade Wiseman during the offseason since this run has come with his lack of passing off the floor. Would you make any of these three trades? And then he gives me three trades that they have suggested. So I'm going to run some of these trades by you boys. You tell me who says no. Here's the first, all right? And Wes, I'm aiming this at you. If the Warriors offered Wiseman and Ubre via sign and trade for Vucevic to Chicago, who says no? Chicago. Would the Warriors do it? No. So both teams. Um, well, that one- the Warriors might do it. Uh, actually, I changed my mind. The Warriors would do it. Chicago would say no. Uh, Wiseman, Kevon Looney, a sign and traded Ubre to Minnesota for Carl Anthony Towns. And no. we would we probably have to include our pick as well. Yeah, Minnesota doesn't do it. With the Warriors? Yeah, I mean, what, who wouldn't? Yeah, that's a that's a home run for the Warriors. The Warriors yeah. have to throw in several first round picks. Carl Anthony Towns is a stud, man. That dude's one of the best fifteen players in the league. Marcus, would you do that? So the you know let's let's say the pick comes back at five. So this year's number five: Wiseman, Loon, sign and trade Ubre. They get back Cat. Yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat. No question. If, yeah, um, I think Cat. He, he hasn't won a lot, and I think he gets knocked for that, but I think you put him in our system, and he's, he's tailor-made for that. Yeah, We just saw it with Wiggins, right? I mean, we, no, we he, literally just saw this, he, this thing. He, replace, he replaces Kevin Durant for all intents and purposes, Carl yeah. Anthony Towns says. Uh, he would be perfect, but <laughs> there's no way on the planet Minnesota. That's a, that's a, that would be insane. If Minnesota put Carl Anthony Towns on the market, just think about the difference. There are so many teams that can offer a better package. Like, Oklahoma City could take their 70 draft picks and just be like, here you go. And they might. You know, it's just like there's so many other – there's no way the, the Warriors end up with Carl Anthony Towns. Well, Sorry, Warriors and, fans. And if we make this a Venn diagram and bring in some of the we've already been talking about, Minnesota has been successful to end the year, way more so than they had to begin it. So mm-hmm. where they might have been panicking, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, that panic has probably gone down now. There's no reason for them to make a uh, an explosive trade, which leads to this one. And this – uh, a bastardized version of this has been kind of floating around social media. So I'm anxious to see what you boys think. Does it involve the, Indiana? It does. All right. But okay. but the bastardized version won't work. What you are hearing is Ubre Wiseman and a Warriors pick for Brogdon and Turner. But the money won't work. They can't do that. So I the, the what would work is Wiggins, Wiseman's, and the Warriors pick. Not Minnesota's pick, but the Warriors pick for Brogdon and Turner. Um, Wes, you start first. Uh, I'm going to start with a question. Where did this idea come from? Because I see it all the goddamn time, and I don't know if it was talked about on another podcast or in another column or somewhere or if it's a Reddit thing, but you guys actually, I think, follow this stuff more than I do, uh, despite me it being my job. But uh, where did this come from? Did somebody of any sort of prominence put this out there? I think it was, no, I don't know if anybody of prominence put it out there, but I can tell you that, and Marcus drew our attention to it, that Indiana in the bed and that there's obvious discord that one of the players was screaming at an assistant coach. Right. So I, so I think what's happening is everyone's like, well, Indiana wants there, to blow it up. Who could we get? But I don't right, think there's so, anything so, real. Okay, so nobody, nobody like out there 
No, it's not like a Woj bomb. Yeah. All right. Or even like a more local thing. Like the athletic didn't say it. I'm not trying to put the athletic on, but I'm just using an example. Okay. Um, All right. I hate this trade idea because it's (laughs) never going to happen. I think DeMontis Sabonis would be a perfect fit for the Warriors, and they should throw everything that they have at Indiana if Indiana makes DeMontis Sabonis available. But here's the only problem. They will not do that. Not Sabonis. Not Sabonis. Brogdon and Turner. Because oh. there's because there's no way that Sabonis goes anywhere. They're okay, going to rebuild around they're him. Not, they're not getting rid of Well, okay, fine. So for Miles Turner, they're not going to take James Wiseman back because then you're ha- – like, Miles Turner like, – or you could argue that James Wiseman's best-case scenario is Miles Turner. <laughs> and and so Indiana is sitting there with Miles Turner, and they're like, all right, why would we do this? The only reason we're trying to trade Miles Turner is to get rid of this log jam in the front court and just play Sabonis full-time at center. So why would you go ahead and take another center to add to or just kind of recreate that logjam? It makes no sense. And then as far as Malcolm Brogdon's, I don't know where the idea is coming that they're going to trade him, I guess, because he's a $20 million salary and it just matches. And that's why this fake trade is out there in the in the zeitgeist. But uh, they love Malcolm Brogdon just as much as all, or I should say almost as much as they like Sabonis. They're not trading Brogdon. That's like the one free agent they've signed in the last 20 years. So I this and I know that there's an issue between them and the coaching staff with the players and the coaching staff, but you know how you fix that fire the coaching staff. And that sounds like what they're going to is what they're going to do. I think Vegas has like uh, uh Bjorkin or whatever his name is. It's like a 37 chance, 37% chance of coming back. Like fire the coaching staff problem solved. You don't have to blow everything up. Last point on this, Indiana is never going to blow it up because they never have blown it up because they can't afford to blow it up. They are at a, they are in a small market where you could say, hey, why would you be on the treadmill of mediocrity? Because of money. And you have to do that when you're in a small market. They can't afford to tank and be bad for several years. And if you trade Brogdon and, my, and Turner, you, you're going to be a lot worse if all you're getting back is Wiggins and, and James Wiseman. You're going to be a worse team. And uh, I don't think they could afford to do that. I just I don't see a trade happening with the Pacers. And, and I'm sorry for getting angry about it, but I just want people out of my mentions proposing Pacers trades. Please. Ma- Maxime, MT, I'd get your opinion, but I, you'd be risking getting punched in the face by Wes. I mean, I, th- I feel like he'd drive to your house and attack you if you had any positive things <laughs> to say about these trade offers. So I will not ask you instead, and I know we're running short on time, I'm going to get to a question. I'm very excited to hear the answer. Maxime, why don't you take it first? This person would like to know, what is the worst piece of advice you have either received or given? Wow. Um, I think it was the time that somebody told me that if I could just say it's not slanderous and then I'm legally uh, in the clear. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, and you're going to use that all the time. So that's weird. It's weird that you would say that, but fair enough. MT, what do you got? Um, I'm going to say when I was told that digital currencies wouldn't be that valuable. Aww. I don't remember. This was a long time ago. I don't remember if it was literal Bitcoin, but it was something akin to Bitcoin. So hopefully it wasn't. But I remember back when I lived in Chicago, so this was like 2012, 2013, I had like 20 Bitcoins or whatever the digital currency was at that point. And um, it was to pay something online. And I was like, this feels like super sketchy. And I got rid of them because I was like looking online and, you know, like the chat boards were like, oh, no, this isn't going anywhere. So if that was Bitcoin, I'm not 100 percent sure it was, but it was a digital currency. Then, you know, that's pretty bad advice for me to follow. Not shockingly, 
two things, I guess. Not shockingly, one, mine was a piece of advice that I gave, not received. Not shockingly, two, this story reveals yet again that I'm a gigantic asshole. So, I don't know, man, a while back, I mean, we're talking like at least 10 years, probably more, probably 20 years ago, I went skiing with a couple of friends, and one of them had never gone skiing before at any point. And we got to rent skis, and we're doing that thing where you're shuffling through the line, you got to pick out the skis. And the friend who had never skied before turned to me and said, what should I get? You know, they were like, what size skin? I don't know how to do any of this shit. Well, I know now, and I knew then, I just wasn't thinking that you want, when you're beginning, to have skis that are as short as possible. They, they allow you to turn a little bit easier. The longer they are, the faster you go, the shorter they are, the easier they are to control. But without missing a beat, and I meant it, I wasn't trying to screw them over, I just it up in my head. I said, oh, long ones, dude. They'll definitely help you. That's exactly what you want to get. And then right after I told him, I mean, within seconds, I realized I was wrong and I ordered short skis, but because I hate being wrong and I hate admitting that I'm, I don't even know. I can't even justify it to you why. I never told him. I literally never told him. And I let the guy ski for like two hours on these long skis. He almost killed himself like at least 50 times. So terrible advice and i'm a bad person man I'm a, I'm a bad person so memo to the wise if you are looking for any kind of sporting advice don't turn to me i could i could immediately screw you wes what do you got uh worst advice i ever got was or uh, given or given or, i mean i don't okay. have to be the only person here um i'm sure i've given very bad advice but i haven't heard anything back so <laughs> you know uh, those people are either alive and miserable or dead. But uh, worst advice I ever got was uh, I asked, uh, if I smoke this, will I be okay? <laughs> <laughs> and the advice I got was, yeah, you'll be fine. Just drink some water. Let's go out. And uh, and so it was I don't crack. know. Definitely crack. I, I don't know what kind of weed it was. <laughs> All I know is that I ended up at a bar in Walnut Creek. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> and you started in Miami. <laughs> yeah, it was last summer. Um, no, I was I, I was living in Walnut Creek at the at the time, so that's partly less bad. But uh, it was emo night or something, so it was like all of my stuff that I grew up on, like Blink One Eighty Two, Fall Out Boy, and so I knew all the words to the music that were happening at this bar, and everybody that I was with was singing along to the music, having like a very joyful time, and I had lockjaw. And could not move my mouth nor my body, and I was miserable. Uh, and so, and it was one of the most. It was at that point in time that I said, "I'm not smoking weed for a very, very long time." And in fact, I did not. Yeah. And uh, I just remember going to the bathroom, and it was one of those moments where you're like staring at yourself in the mirror, and you don't, you don't have to pee, you don't have to do anything. You're, I'm just like, get it together, Wes. Get it together. Move your face. Smile. Wave. <laughs> do something to show that you're having a good time because people were legitimately worried about me. All I wanted to do was go home and go to sleep and never like have that happen to me again. Years ago, I went to Amsterdam with a friend who had never smoked weed, and we went to you know one of the cannabis clubs. Um, and at that time, I and mean, there's you know weed wasn't legal out here yet, so it just seemed awesome to go there. And he had never smoked, and he was so excited. And he smokes, and he had a very similar experience to what you're talking about. You know, he, he went straight to Panic Town. And he went up to buy a pack of cigarettes, gave them a 20 euro bill. And when the person asked him, do you have anything smaller? He panicked and ran out of the cannabis club. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm like sitting back and I'm like, you know, enjoying it, like looking around like, oh, this is awesome. And then the friend, the only person I know in the f***ing country runs out of the building. And I'm like, what's happening? You know, like, <laughs> why is that dude running? So, yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't lockjaw, but it wasn't his best 
performance. Here's another question whose answer I'm really excited for, man. What Warriors player not named Steph Curry is most liked in the locker room? So I'm going to throw a guess towards you. I mean, that's all these are, right? They're guesses. We haven't talked to anybody. There, there's, no, uh, there's no truth in reporting behind this question. But here's my guess, and I'm not really solid on it. I'm going to throw out Jordan Poole. I don't think that would have been true as recently as like a month ago. But his recent success, I think, kicks him or kicks his popularity up a little bit. He was there last year, so he knows all the new guys. It can't be Draymond because Draymond's too much of a motivator. He's probably motherfucked so many people in practice that, you know, they respect him but don't like him. If, if like, Marquise Chris wasn't hurt, I'd go that direction, but he is if... Pascal wasn't hurt. I'd go that direction, but he is. So I'm going to say Jordan Poole. Uh, I'm a little worried because he seems a little cocky. It might be kind of pompous, which would put people off. But that's my guess, man. That's where I'm at. What If you if you had to guess, again, only a guess, what's the response? Is Clay Thompson not an option? Uh, uh, okay. Uh, include Clay Thompson and then give me a second player. Okay, so it's Clay Thompson. And then... Um... Although still, even though he's not there, like do the new guys know Clay? He's around enough. And if they don't know him personally, they know him by reputation. They love mm-hmm. him. But uh, Damian Lee would be my answer. Huh. Uh, I just think he's just a just a guy. I think he just gets along with everybody. I think he's got respect from the guys at the end of the bench and everybody in the rotation because of his story. And uh, I don't think that he's so over the top on anything that he rubs anybody the wrong way. I think with Jordan Poole... I think he's liked. I think you're absolutely right. And I think they just like his personality, but he's young, right? Like, I don't know that like Draymond Green and Jordan Poole are really like relating on anything. Sure. Uh, yeah. And where Damian Lee is kind of right in the middle, like he's very millennial. So he gets along with the Gen Zers. He gets Smart. along with yep. like the smarter guy, uh, the, the older guys. Uh, and so I'll go with him. And they know that he's part of Curry's family. At least right. I would. So treat him you know? nice. Yeah. I mean like that, that definitely matter. It would matter to me. Last two questions, and I'm fired up for both of them. All right. The first one is an old one. This will be the third week we've revisited it. And it comes from our boy Jeff of Patreon. Have you ever had a moment, either professional or personal, that you'd like to take back? And so that you don't have to be alone during this episode. I'll go first, Matt. I've said in previous episodes, I have enough you know, moments that I'm embarrassed of where I could just do an entire podcast only about that topic. Yeah. So I'll give you one and then see if it lodges uh, anything for you. Uh, My wife, when we had our kid had a C-section and what that means is we had to spend a little extra time in the hospital, Matt. And, you know, she's sleeping in a bed and they, they obviously stayed there with her and they gave me this cot that was crazy uncomfortable. And I am super dramatic, as you know. So after the first night, Matt, I kind of wanted everybody to know that I was uncomfortable. I took the cot off the, the metal frame that was in and put it on the ground to show everyone it was hella uncomfortable. Couldn't sleep there at all. And now we get to the actual story. This is about 24 hours since we've been in the hospital. I haven't slept at all. I'm finally kind of falling asleep in the morning and the nurse comes in to visit my wife who has just given birth to my kid and is going, you know, recovering from a major surgery and my newborn child. But I just fallen asleep and the nurse comes in and I'm pissy because I'm a selfish piece of shit, Wes. And the nurse comes in to talk to those two and I pull the sheet over my head on my little cot as a way to show them I don't want you to make noise. And for very obvious reasons, they were not focused on me. They continue to talk to Erica, my wife. And then when they do that, I go, from underneath the uh, the sheet and they immediately go is he 
talking under there and I and I panic and I'm like oh my god they can hear me and I stop making a noise and I suddenly realize how selfish I was but if I could go back in time dude I wouldn't have done that I mean that's just a terrible thing I was an asshole in that moment so for you I mean if it's if it's at a press conference and a question you fired off that you didn't like or something a little bit more embarrassing like I don't know a Halloween costume you shouldn't have worn what do you got what would you take back from your life oh man um, every question I've ever asked Greg Popovich. <laughs> um, have you gotten punked? Have you, have you gotten popped? Like, has, has he ever given you a look that was like, you're so stupid or said something to that effect? I don't think I've gotten a look, but he's definitely given me like the one word answer. And I can't, I'm trying to remember what I asked, but he gave me the, I probably blocked it on my memory. He gave me the one word answer and I was like, dope. Done. Uh, it was actually a two-word answer fuck you <laughs> uh, he's like who are you get out of my face i was like cool good talk um yeah i i'm trying to think i, I at ucf one time i was so nervous uh when i f- uh, it was one of my first assignments i was covering the men's basketball team and the head coach his name was donnie jones uh he actually lasted quite a long time at ucf but uh I, I remember going into the press conference and I sat front row. I was on my best behavior, uh, wore a polo. It was like a whole thing. And I remember, I don't remember what question I was asking, but I had, you know, as a new reporter, you, you prepare, you, you, you pre-write all your questions, right? And you rehearse it in the mirror and you do the whole thing. It was only so, a polo, no pants. <laughs> only a polo, uh, some, some box of briefs. We were good to go. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. Professional. Flops. It was Florida, you know? And, uh, <laughs> I, I apparently, and I didn't know this at the time, but I finally, like, I found an opening in the press conference and I got my question in, right? And and I and I felt really proud. I was like, I asked it right. I didn't stumble over my words. Like, everything was good. I got a decent answer and everything like that. And after the press conference was over, one of the more veteran reporters came up to me. And he was like, dude, what the hell was that? Oh. And I was like, oh, what? And he goes, <laughs> you interrupted Donnie Jones in the middle of his answer to ask your question. <laughs> I was just like so not listening to Donnie Jones. I didn't realize that he had not stopped answering the question that he might have just like taken a breath to, I don't know, breathe. And then at that moment, I thought, here's my chance. I'm going to ask my question. So I apparently just interrupted Donnie Jones in the middle of an answer and asked my question. And uh, he answered it and he wasn't a jerk about it. But the, the reporter that pulled me aside let me know that I was being a jerk. So I'd like to take that one back. Was your question, can you notice that I'm not wearing pants? And he was like, yeah, son, and I appreciate your gusto. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. And those boxer briefs are really attractive. So good for you. Did you ever go back and listen to the press conference? Like no, to see just not. how, yeah, well, how that was also, that's, not, that's not a thing that happens at a mid-major like UCF. Like those press conferences aren't like available. It's very old school where you get what you write down. Like it's not available elsewhere afterwards. Go Knights. Here's Go my, Knights. my last question and one whose answer I'm excited for, man, but I'm a little nervous about. So quote, Wes has always kept it real and occasionally pessimistic with Warrior fans. How far does he think they'll go in this year and next year's playoffs? The Warriors? How far do the Warriors go in this year and next year's playoffs? Mm Mm-hmm. Who the fuck else would they be asking about? We're, we're not asking about like the heat or something. Of course it's the Warriors. Well, I thought I thought it was the sorry, I was gonna interrupt you in the middle <laughs> of your question because I, I was so ready for my, that, my own thing. That would have been great. And I would have pointed out, wear pants next time we're recording, man. <laughs> uh how did you know? I didn't know my Zoom video was on. <laughs> um uh this playoffs, they go into the first round and they are swept gentlemanly e. Okay. So, all right. Next year, second round. 
and out is my guess. Also a gentleman sweep in the second round? No, I, well, I have no idea. But I think that it'll be it'll be a couple of years until Clay Thompson is where he needs to be for this team to make a legitimate title run. Yeah, uh, and probably for the rest of this league, if, if like, look, there's a lot of things that they have to sort out with the rotation. I think they need to add two more wings, probably another big man, um, and and that's a lot to do in one off season when you just don't have that many ways to do it. Right? If Kelly Oubre walks away, all they really have is a mid level exception and a couple of draft picks, maybe, and and. I don't know that you're answering all those questions in one off season. So it probably takes two off seasons to round out the rotation the way you need to and, you know, improve around Steph the way you need to. And then, uh, and probably two, like we're seeing it this year with Kevin Durant, like, you know, he's been really good when he's playing, but he barely plays. And, and, you know, you can't tell me that all these injuries aren't somehow related to the Achilles thing. You know, your, your body overcompensates in a lot of different areas and just has to get used to playing at a, a, a high level like you have to like you have to play in the NBA so I think it'll be probably a couple of years until Clay Thompson is where he needs to be and you know we could say what they what you want about the rest of the rotation if Clay Thompson doesn't get back to like 80% of what he was the Warriors have no chance forget it like it's just not happening so they need him first and foremost and I think he's a couple years away I got a, a knee injury I'm working my way back through and I say that only because I'm going to physical therapy in fact just yesterday I went to a brand new physical therapist I was wearing a warrior shirt and it started a warriors conversation which was kind of awkward honestly like anytime I find myself in a warriors conversation with somebody new I get strangely competitive and kind of fuck it up like I want to show them that I know more about the warriors and it just gets weird and that's how it was yesterday but that's not why I'm telling you this I'm telling you this because Clay Thompson came up and you know all the optimism that normally follows when we talk about clay and the warriors are just coming off these two big wins. So, or at least one big win and heading into a second. Um, and so we had a lot of reasons for optimism. We were talking about how great they would be. And clay was at the center of that. And then I asked him, you know, use your medical knowledge, man, you know, better than I, if you were clay Thompson's physical therapist and he's coming back from an Achilles, or I'm sorry, he's coming back from two nasty leg injuries. How many games would you allow him to play? You know, for, for health purposes, not not for Warriors purposes, for, for health purposes. And he said he'd probably cap him at about 60 games. And so, yeah, man, there's, you know, there, there is reason to think that even if Clay is Clay next year, and there might be some limits on that, he's still going to have roadblocks before he can push us into middle or immediate title contention. Wes, you are fucking awesome. That's true every time we have you on. I loved this time, and I am positive that I'm not the only person currently thinking that. So for everybody like me who needs way more Goldberg in their life, where do they go? On Twitter, at WC Goldberg. Check out the podcast, Locked On Warriors, also Locked On NBA Tuesdays. Um, and then you can find my writing over at themercurynews.com. But you can get it all if you just follow me on Twitter, WC Goldberg. Boom. For us, you've heard it a few times. If you want to reach out and give us some questions for this oral or Warriors Oracle segment, best place to send those is warriorshuddle at gmail.com. We're not really in a whole lot of social media spots. In fact, we're only at one, Twitter, at Warriors Huddle. And also, uh, we've been kind of exploring this. It's only been one time so far, but I hope and trust that we'll be doing it a lot more going forward. Wes and I have been stretching our legs on the Locker Room app occasionally. So you may want to download that and look for the uh, the occasional joint pod from us. Yes. With, yeah, hell yeah, with that in mind. Go Warriors, hopefully. We'll see you in a week.
Good, good.